Visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International, and I am Natalie So. Up this hour, we have some great music from Taiwan for you on Just the Classics. But first, join us for a live recorded version of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Tuesday, April 13th. And in the studio, we have Shirley Lin. Hi there. Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie So. We are coming to you live from the studios of Radio Taiwan International. And we'll be talking about how empty Taiwan's first travel bubble is. It is pretty empty. <laughs> we created a big bubble, but it's kind of empty right now. Kind of sad. You're talking about the second flight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then also, um, why you can come work in Taiwan. Taiwan is welcoming foreigners with looser restrictions and more jobs for English teachers. And also, there's a big rumor that Elon Musk may be coming to Taiwan. And we know for sure that another new landmark is coming to Taiwan. So those stories are coming right up. All right. So we have a travel bubble with Palau that just started April 1st, I believe. And there are a lot of people on the first flight. But I think that um, one airline is canceling their flight because not too many people are interested anymore. Yeah, that's what one happened? of our national airlines, China Airlines. Um, originally, they were planning uh, the second trip, I guess, on April 17th. But that got canceled. And uh, we're not too loud, are we? If it's if we're too loud, let's let us know. And if it's too soft, let us know too. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, they canceled the April seventeenth flight. Um, today is only the thirteenth. Anyway, right. But um, now, first of all, that's because it looks like um, um, people, you know, Taiwanese travelers, they think that uh, the high price of the tour packages was discouraging, uh, discouraged them from coming. Quite expensive. It yeah. was over what two thousand U.S. dollars yes. for a three-day, two-night trip. Right. Originally, yeah. it was lot. set at two thousand four hundred fifty U.S. dollars uh, for a four-day trip. A four-day trip. Um, and then, since then, they've reduced it to a thousand eight hundred U.S. dollars per person. Better. That's much better. But still, not a lot of people are signing up. <laughs> so uh, let's wait till it gets cheaper and cheaper. Maybe a couple <laughs> months, it's going to be like one thousand dollars or something. Probably. <laughs> well, maybe there's also another stumbling block um, because Taiwan demands that returning travelers, after they spend five days or rather five and four nights, for five days and four nights, um, they have to conduct a strengthened self-monitoring period for their health before another nine days of monitoring. So they have to do a five-day and then a nine-day. So that's still 14 days. So they have to stay at home the first five days, I think. That's right. Is, right. Right. So children can go back to school after the first five days, but the parents are worried that their children might be looked down on with suspicion by the teachers and their classmates <laughs> oh. because so. they are monitoring, you know, the quarantine sort of, it was being shortened because originally it's like 14 days of quarantine, like in a quarantine hotel or, well, I mean, yeah, in a quarantine hotel. But um, yeah, that's... I think, the, you know, people in Taiwan people are, are too, um, really, really anxious. careful and anxious. I mean, I think it's it's been good because people are so careful that we don't have hardly any domestic transmission. Right. But you think about it, if they're going to a country where there's no cases. No, zero. And they're going with people who are 
you know, from Taiwan, what do they have to be afraid about? I know. There should be no, like, suspicious eyes, you know. <laughs> so it's, oh, it's kind of ridiculous. But um, our Central Epidemic Command Center hinted that it might relax the rules, you know, the traveling rules and quarantine stuff, but not until May. Uh, May. So the travelers are thinking like, okay, we're going to postpone our flight from April. Maybe originally they were going to fly in April. So now they're going to postpone till May because they think that maybe the restrictions would be more relaxed even more. Probably. Then. If no one's going to go, they're going to make it easier and easier for everybody (laughs) (laughs) to fill in the bubble, right? You don't want an empty bubble. I know. It's like a bargain. It's like, but you know, I mean, we can understand why CECC has such strict orders because, you know, we really care about everybody's health and, you know... Like Taiwan hasn't had a lockdown except for like two months, uh, beginning of last year, and that was it. You know, um, work and school two and everything weeks, has been just not two months. Oh, it was two weeks, right? Yeah, two weeks. Oh, of sorry. School. I kept saying, oh, sorry. It was two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like like nothing. Not that's even like nothing. A lockdown. It's just schools. I know. Yeah. And so, so, you know, um, people shouldn't be so worried. But anyway, despite that, the cancellation of the April 17th flight, the um, China Airlines is still planning to resume uh, the flights from April 21st. So hopefully the next week we'll see some people. Right. Well, I don't I don't care either way. It's not my, my business. <laughs> it's not my airline. <laughs> I think our health minister, Chen Shizhong, said, um, I mean, recently that if people want to travel, I mean, overseas, and you know, things won't go back to normalcy until a few years later. That's uh, what he said. Yeah, I mean, I talked right. with the CDC official, and she said one or two years before things go back to normal. Right. Well, we do uh-huh. want to know if you're listening, um, if you're from a different country than Taiwan, how is the situation now in your country? I know that vaccines are being rolled out all over the world, and does that mean that... Things are going back to normal. Are people still very uptight? You can let us know what the situation is in your country. I mean, the biggest new thing with us is um, this travel bubble, you know, in April. And also some vaccines are becoming available. Yeah, we've got some vaccines. But, but that's um, just for health workers mostly or people working right. on the front line. I think it's, no, they are open to the public. If you want to get vaccinated, you can um, do that. I don't think that, they announced that, it formally yet. Yeah, is but it finalized? It, you know, it, like self-paid? I, I think they... They might be doing it by the end of this month. Do you guys want to get vaccinated? Not really. I have to say, unless that. we want to travel. <laughs> yeah, only maybe I start travel. planning my my um my my um yearly vacation. But other than that, um, I don't know. People are not urgently running to get the vaccines here in Taiwan because I think the mentality is that we've been doing so well containing the vac- uh the 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 you know the virus that people are don't feel the urgency to get vaccinated, and even some like. Older aged people like my in laws, they're telling everybody, don't don't take the vaccine. Well, because they're worried for themselves, right? The AstraZeneca vaccine has had some reports, a little bit of side side effects, and uh, you know, yeah. So there have been some concerns about that, and that's the one that uh, is out right now in Taiwan. But um, we do have some people writing in. Joshua Bondia says, "Good afternoon from the Philippines, Mabuhay," and also Nila Kandran is asking, "How is the COVID nineteen situation in Taiwan?" Well, we have like, I think, under a thousand cases, is that mm-hmm. correct? And 11 deaths. Mm. So we have a, a population of 23 million. And we haven't had too much of a domestic transmission for quite a while, right. except for a small cluster at a hospital. So I think we're doing quite well. I mean, life is totally normal here, except for the fact that a lot of people wear masks. And we're required right. to wear masks in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, not at RTI, but a lot of us do anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's become a new habit. Right, Paula? Do you wear it everywhere you go? 
Uh, not really, because I um, I, had, I had employment with my dentist, so I went to a hospital yesterday, uh-huh. and of course they had my temperature checks, and they also, uh, you know, every, everyone has to wear a face mask, also, and everyone has to uh, sign a statement saying that I have never been to I have never gone abroad recently and over the past few weeks. Yes. Yeah, whenever you go to a um, An event, right? Yeah. You have to do that. You have right. to sign, right? Leave some or a restaurant. Or a lot of times you have to sign, so they can trace you, just in case you are the one or you were a contact of somebody. Oh yes, I, I, case. Yeah. I gave them my name and also my cell phone number. That's a requirement, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I see you wearing a mask a lot. So are you getting into the habit of just doing it anytime, anywhere? Yeah, well, how are you wearing uh, it today? A little bit under the weather today, so <laughs> oh, that's I, I don't do that all the time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just being. Consider it. <laughs> he is. Now we have uh, Douglas says yes, no empty bubbles. Okay. <laughs> um, Debashis Gopes says vaccine is very important. And Douglas also says he was a monitor for uh, Western the U.S. I believe. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we do have some of our monitors. Listen, you guys are so faithful. You've been with us for years and years and years, helping us. Yeah, even, we appreciate it. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And. Oh, he said, uh, I just recently listened to a radio station from Palau and also heard the RTI Japanese service with a very strong signal. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. All right. And Nila Kandran says, here in India, the second wave is spreading rapidly. Oh, too oh, bad. In some states, vaccination is also going on a slow pace. Mm. And uh, Douglas says, you've done so well with containment that I can understand why getting vaccinated is not a high priority. Mm-hmm. Here in the U.S., we are getting restless. Mm. Laughing out loud. Yes. I mean, I can imagine if you were like at home for a year and a half, yeah. you really want to go, oh. go out and do something. So he was very, oh, you got your first shot. Very happy yeah, to get the first great. shot. Yeah, it's great. I think everybody, I mean, it's becoming available to the you know wider population in the U.S., right? Not mm-hmm. just to older people. So, well, we hope everything goes well um, in every country with COVID. And uh, we will keep you up to date with what's going on uh, in Taiwan with COVID. Okay, so our next story is about, well, you know, Taiwan is welcoming more foreigners to work in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- they're relaxing some labor laws, which is great. They want to attract more uh, white-collar foreign talent. And one reason is because our birth rate is really low. We're, um, people aren't having babies like Shirley does. She had three. <laughs> Not too many Shirleys in Taiwan. <laughs> Not too many Natalies either. I had two. Yeah. So a lot of people are just having one or, or some people having zero. That's true. And some yeah. people are not getting married. So, you know, the government's kind of worried that we're not going to have enough people to work and make the country go go forward. Uh-huh. So, and they've noticed that actually foreigners um, are becoming more interested in Taiwan, especially in the age of COVID. And we have had a lot of talented professionals come back to Taiwan at this time. Yep. So they're going to make it a little easier for people to work here. It used to be that you had to have two years of experience, uh-huh. related work experience. And now yeah. they're going to say, if you're a graduate from one of the world's top 500 universities, you can work without experience. Oh, is that oh, right? Yeah. So wow. that's a big help. <laughs> and also they're going to shorten some of the, um, you know, residency uh, length of, you know, time here to get certain residencies. And you're also going to get 
uh, more national health coverage and you're going to have a better tax um, incentives. We already have a great national health system here. (laughs) We do. So I think that's really good. I think it it would be great to have more foreigners here. Definitely. And Taiwan is a great place to live. There's it's just a very vibrant democracy and I think a lot of foreigners really like it here actually. Mm-hmm. Once they come here they really like it. It's it's a very friendly place and a lot of good food. I know. <laughs> a lot of people say, you know, they say that they they are planning to stay um here for one year. And they end up, up staying here for 10 years. Oh, like Andrew, longer. right? Yeah. Yes. Or even like those who just came for vacation and then decide to stay on and just, you know, live here. It's very, it's a very friendly and easy place to live. It's just so convenient. You can walk to so many places. And Taiwanese people are very friendly. People are very friendly. Even though they don't speak casual. English, they still want to be helpful. <laughs> yeah, so it's a great place to be. And also, we're hiring more English teachers. Is yeah. that right, Yes, That's what the them. government is planning to do. Um, well, since 20, uh, 2004, um, the uh, ministry of uh, the education ministry has, you know, offers subsidies to 81 foreign teachers per year with the emphasis on outlying areas. And now um, starting this year, um, that number will um, will be raised to 300. And these foreign um, teachers will start working um, in August. Uh, you know, the reason why um, Taiwan is planning, um, you know, is planning to recruit more foreign teachers because the government is hoping that uh, it's hoping to turn Taiwan into a bilingual country by 2030. Yep. So we need a lot of um, you know English teachers, preferably native speakers of English, especially um, in um, in outlying areas. And they hope that and these teachers can. Um, you know, teach uh, and help our students um, improve and practice their English conversation. They're saying that because Taipei is already saturated with English teachers. Oh, a lot. You know, I know some of my friends, they want to come to Taiwan and teach English, and they enjoy teaching English. But I say, um, I know you're going to want to choose Taipei City, but it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to get a a position in Taipei. unless you tried? I mean, my friends. They tried? Yeah. And usually they pick, I mean, it's like they'll be, they have openings in other areas just other than Taipei City. And I say maybe choose new Taipei, but that even that is running low. I think. Are you talking about at elementary Teaching. schools or um, at I think Bush in general Bans crime schools? Or? Yeah, I think in general. I'm not quite sure. They they were actually trying bushy bands because crime schools mm-hmm. because they don't have that much of a qualification as primary schools or elementary schools. But um, but they're they're trying. And but I mean, you know, we're in such high demand. I tell my friends to keep trying, and it's very likely that they can get an interview. And yeah, they got interviewed online and things like that. So they're waiting to hear. Friends yeah. from the U.S.? Or? Mm, yeah. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. They're interviewing from the U.S.? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so. Well, Taiwan, it's, it's fun to teach English here because I think it's not necessarily a full-time job for some people if you're working at a cram school. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of time on your hands. Yeah. And you get a decent pay here, too. Yep. So what know. do you guys think? Do you think Taiwan's going to make its goal of being a bilingual nation? I By 2030? don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. That's a yeah. huge goal. Um, that's what, nine years down the road? I don't know. I think it's good that the government is planning to, uh, is improving its English language instruction, but turning Taiwan into a, you know, bilingual country 100% by 2030, that's unlikely. Well, I think it's good that they set the goal 
you know, closer, that means they're going to do something. Yeah. If they say 50 years from now, you know, it's going to, they're not going to do anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I don't think, I mean, if, if we're talking about bilingual by the standards we would like to see, I think it's not going to be there yet. Not like Singapore. Yeah. Or even Hong Kong. Maybe not, it's good. Not in 10 years. Right. I think it'll be great to start from our children, you know, little kids. Because it's always the best age to learn any That's foreign true. language. So they should. So maybe their goal is really to start from little children. They've give up on adults. <laughs> At least, you know, not that high give. expectation. Well, but anyway. Yeah, it's harder for adults <laughs> it's to harder learn. It's harder for adults. Um, They're too shy. <laughs> so Jen Delari says, hello. She's a little late to the show. It's better late than never, right? Hi. Hello. And Douglas North says, I'm a native English speaker. Maybe I can get a job. Of oh, course. Oh. Come on over. Come on over. It would be fun to have you over here. Rashid Nas says, hi, how are you? Uh, and Debashi says, English teachers are good, you know, for our, the English situation here. Mm. So we, oh, and Nilak Kandran told us about the COVID um, situation in his state of Tamil Nadu. They have 6,711 fresh cases of COVID reported yesterday. Oh, no. Oh, wow. <gasps> it's hard for us to relate. Yeah. To imagine, I mean, just in one state in India. Mm. Wow, we really wish the best. And please yes. do be careful. Yeah. Wear your masks and wash your hands. Do take care of yourself. Come to Taiwan. <laughs> Okay, there's a big rumor that uh, we may be having a special guest to Taiwan, Elon Musk. You guys have heard of him, right? Really? He's coming to well, Taiwan? Well, there's a no, rumor. There's rumor. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, there was a report that Tesla is going to be sending a top executive to meet Realtek, which is the world's leading audio conversion chip manufacturer. And um, with an aim to push for higher production capacity of chips. So, you know, automotive chips are in short supply around the world. So a lot of car companies are like they even met with President Joe Biden just this Monday. Uh, a lot of car companies, along with TSMC and Samsung and, you know, Intel, the other chip makers of the world, they met together um, on video with Joe Biden kind of important person and uh, <laughs> about, you know, what to do with this shortage of uh, semiconductor chips. And so Taiwan is like the number one place uh, where they're being made. And mm -hmm. TSMC is the biggest company. We have other companies making them. And so the deal is with automobiles, they don't need a whole lot of chips, but they do need every, I think mm -hmm. every automobile needs a chip. Yeah. I believe. Yes. But they don't need as many as, let's say, you know, a phone company would need. So it's very hard for them to get their order um, into the line because TSMC is, has a backlog of so many orders. Yeah. And like for to take an order from an automobile company that only needs like 10,000 chips where other companies needs hundreds of thousands, you know, they're not high priority. So but it's become a major international a demand and, and almost a crisis for the automobile industry. So they've even reached out to President Tsai and, you know, Joe Biden has talked to them. So anyways, Elon Musk made the news recently by um, people are saying that he's, in fact, that top executive. Um, but this is still not confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> and people are saying, well, if he comes, well, the Realtek, the, um, the company said, actually, they... Their work is not really related to Tesla. 
So maybe it's just a rumor. I don't know. Uh-huh. But um, if Tesla was going to send someone, it seems like they would send him, right? Right. I mean, if it was something mm-hmm. really important, right? So, and our CEC, our National Epidemic Control Center, said that, well, actually, because um, people are saying, would he have to quarantine, you know, keep him locked up for 14 days or something? Uh. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> I think they, they have, said they um, well they have they have shorter versions like five days if you have a COVID there's special test, privileges but they have even shorter versions um, like one day oh. um, well you can take a one day trip if you are um, going to play a meaningful role in a very big investment project uh, so what happened was the Hewlett Packard president and CEO he did that he came for one day on his private jet. And uh, he cannot exceed, you know, a three-day stay. And he has to keep a distance of 1.5 meters. And he cannot eat with anybody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just there's a lot of rules. But he would not have to go through quarantine if he went through special rules for special people (sighs) who are going to contribute to Taiwan in a special way. So, I don't know if he's coming. I think it'd be cool if he came. Yeah, well, he's a slashy, right? He's not just only, yeah, he's not only founder of Tesla, the electric car, but also space rocket X. space, yeah, space rocket, and now chips. He's he's expanding well, himself, well, well, stretching himself. I think he, into, he needs chips for his vehicles. Oh, that so, too. Yeah, so I think he might be trying to huh. get a deal or something, but we're not sure what's going on. Anyways, we're kind of excited. I don't know. <laughs> Are you guys excited about Elon Musk? What do you think of Elon Musk? Would you be happy if he came to you to nearby where you lived? Um like He's an interesting person. Yeah, he has yeah. a lot of creative ideas. Guy. Yeah, I think I think what right. people like about him is that, you know, the ideas that go through his head actually uh, connect to all of humanity. Mm-hmm. So they're big. They're not just like for Americans or for people in California or they're for people all over the world. It can make a difference for anybody's life. So they're like, who? What is he thinking about today? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something, you know, interesting that'll be cool for my life. So anyways, I don't know if he's going to come... Um, People are talking about it. (laughs) Okay, and one more story is we do have a landmark coming, though. A very cool landmark is going to be coming to Taiwan. Right. It will be located in the northern Taoyuan city, and it's a multi-purpose facility. Um, It will be used for, you know, it will be a venue for exhibitions and cultural events. And uh, that landmark uh, is called the Far Eastern um, International Convention Center. It was actually invested by a local businessman named Douglas Xu, uh, and it will be designed by a famous Spanish architect. Um, his name is Santiago Caladrava. Well, I hope I'm pronouncing his name um, correctly. Anyway, um, Douglas Xu and the Spanish architect, they went to China several times so that, you know, the Spanish architect can um, get an idea of those, um, you know, traditional Chinese architecture aesthetics and he will um, design the building he will design actually that's his first project in Taiwan and he will combine traditional Chinese elements with his signature geometric characteristics so oh. I don't know if this is, the, is a sample of right, his yes. work or what he's thinking of for Taoyuan right that, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that will be his the, the landmark yes yeah it's really cool looking yes. isn't it I'd like to check it out mm. so we have a lot of really beautiful uh, landmarks these days we have a, the Wei Wuying you know cultural center in Kaohsiung we also have the Taizong Opera House and we have a new a pop music center in, in Taipei, Taipei. And so no wonder Taiwan wants to have one too <laughs> so Taiwan wants something and, you know, and a lot of these have made you know uh, 
top 10 lists in, from all major media around the globe. They're really well designed, really right. cool places to go. The good news go. is the project broke ground earlier this week and oh. it will be completed in three years. In okay. three years. Cool. Hmm. So we'll have to check that out. All right. So, well, um, thank you so much for joining us today. And if you have any questions or thoughts um, before we leave, do let us know. Well, Douglas North says that's an interesting design. Well, mm-hmm. cool. And Debashi Scope says nice. I think it looks pretty nice, too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Kind of sci-fi kind of <laughs> to sci-fi. me. It's yeah. bigger than life, right? Right. We'll definitely put a link so that everybody can that's get a closer right. look at the design. We will put a link uh, here below. Well, I guess that is it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We love to hear from you. Thank you for all of you who wrote in and uh, shared. Um, for Here in Taiwan, I am Natalie So. I'm Paula Chow. And I'm Shirley Lin. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Just the Classics. I'm John Van Trieste. Today, we go to one of Taiwan's most well-established contemporary singers, someone still writing the classics of our time today. I'm talking about Kulilai Amit, also known as Zhang Meihui, but best known by the stage name Amei. This is one of Taiwan's best-loved, still-living performers, one of whose nicknames, the Queen, tells you all you need to know about her status. From the time she first rose to stardom in the 1990s up to today, there haven't been that many Taiwanese artists who can sell out like Ame can. Today on Just the Classics, we're going to take a look back through her career, from an indigenous Puyuma village in southeast Taiwan to one of the most sought-after artists in Taiwan today, and an icon of Taiwan's gay community. Ame was born in 1972 in Beinan Township, Taedong County, an area with a sizable indigenous population. Her hometown is the Puyuma village of Tamalrakao. Her career began with performances in Taipei pubs and a few guest appearances on other people's albums, all of which brought her attention and got her a record deal. Her real debut, though, came on the final day of 1996 with the release of her first album, Sisters. Here is the second track from that album, also called Sisters. It's a curious blend of 90s-tastic synths and indigenous Puyuma singing from Ame's hometown, supposedly performed by some of her own family members.
In just a few years' time, Amei had broken out of the relatively small Taiwanese market and into Asia. She was performing in Singapore, Hong Kong, and China. By 2000, just a few years into her career, she'd already been nominated more than once for Taiwan's prestigious Golden Melody Awards, the Taiwanese equivalent of the Grammys. Among the nominations came from this 1999 album, Can I Hug You, Lover? Here from this album, we present a still popular tune called Three Days and Three Nights. It's a party anthem with lyrics that say, I'm not even a little bit tired, and I've already been jumping for three days and three nights. I don't know, just singing this one song at karaoke is exhausting enough for me.
2000, things briefly fell apart for Ame in China when she sang Taiwan's national anthem at the 2000 presidential inauguration here, something that got her a temporary ban from China. But she still made a comeback there. Ame's first win at the Golden Melody Awards came with the album Truth in 2002 for Best Mandarin Female Singer. Oh, don't worry, this isn't the last time she pulls this off. Now with a different record company, she also released the album Fever that same year, from which we now hear the title track of the same name. It's a completely different sound, far mellower than the other tracks we've heard so far, don't you think? I find that unlike a lot of other pop artists here, no two of Ame's songs sound quite alike, meaning she never gets repetitive. Yeah. 
Ame's next crowning success came in 2009 with an album simply titled with her own indigenous first name, Amit. Between them, she and her producers and lyricists won a whopping six Golden Melody Awards the following year for their work on this album. This particular song, Hotan Ditalai, or Bold for My Love, won Best Song of the Year at the 2010 Golden Melody Awards, too. This song shows off Ame's versatility yet again. Not only does it have a hard rock edge we haven't heard from her yet, it's also in a different language, the Taiwanese Hokkien language, rather than in Mandarin or the Puyuma of her hometown. The lyrics are a whirlwind of romantic and physical attraction, and they challenge a potential lover to quote, come here if you have the guts. It's worth saying that Ame has been a strong advocate for love of all kinds. By this point, she was already gaining a strong following among Taiwan's gay community, one that would grow over the following years as she became an outspoken advocate for same-sex marriage in Taiwan. It's a kind of backing Taiwan's LGBT community has not forgotten. Ame came out with a toe-tapping album officially translated as Are You Watching, spelled with the letters R and U. I think Are You Watching Me is a better translation. Here's a track from the album that has the same name. As the title suggests, it's about someone secretly checking someone else out. To my ears, this track has a strong resemblance to Britney Spears' Toxic, if nothing but for the strident, mysterious, and wailing string part. 
I'm not one for interpreting strange music videos, but if you're a film critic, have at it with the video for this one. Ame did it again in 2014 with the album Faces of Paranoia. Spoiler alert, it won her yet another Golden Melody Award, this time for Best Female Mandarin Singer. It's been a while since we've heard from Ame. Her latest album, 2017's Story Thief, won an award for Best Music Video at the 2018 Golden Melody Awards. The track of the same title shows a reflective, emotional side of Ame. It's an apology, not a party anthem. I like this softer side. Like I said, no two Ame songs sound alike. 
while it has been a while, I don't think we've heard the last of Ame. Like any inventive artist, she's always changing, performing new classics for our time. And our times keep changing too. Since her last album was released, Taiwan has legalized same-sex marriage. We've gone through COVID and much more. The time seems about right for another Ame album, and I look forward to see what this Queen of Taiwan's charts has in store for us next. For just the classics, I'm John Van Trieste. I'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.